Amen. Well, kids, it's uh, our last Sunday of the month, so we have our, our children's sermon today, so come on up. And we'll, we're going to talk about uh, something this morning that's pretty cool. We have any kids? We got a couple in here? Maybe a few? All right. Hey, we got a couple. What is going to chill? Let's sit down. You might have to help me up, but we'll sit down. All right, so we're, today we're going to talk about, uh, talk about a couple different things, but I want you to think about life, you to help us think here, because you have the best imaginations of us all, right? Help us think about what life would be like if you, I was going to say king or a queen, but we have no boys present. If you were a queen, what would life be like? Help us. What would, what would, what would you think about when you thought about being a queen? Be a lot, it'd be busy. You'd be busy, huh? Yes. Anything else would be cool? Yeah, maybe. So, like, you think of, like, you, you're a leader of a country, or you're rich, or you get to sleep in a castle, or you have fancy clothes, or feast, or all that, that kind of thing. Like, what would you ask for if you were the queen? Anything? Money. Money? You want more money? Yeah, queens have asked for money, and kings too, yeah. Teddy bear? You're an easy child. I love you, yeah. Anything? Like a white horse, maybe, yeah. Well, sometimes, do, are kings and queens always good kings and queens? Do you think some of them are high maintenance? They require a lot. Yeah, for sure. Right, So when you think of a king or a queen, um, we have this idea that Jesus is going to share with us today and we're going to talk about that, that these are leaders, but Jesus talks about being leadership and being a leader. And he says this to his disciples, he said, whoever wants to become great among you shall be your servant. Right? So can you imagine a king or a queen being a servant? Is that kind of backwards? Is that upside down? Are king or queen servants? Yeah. Do they serve people? Yeah. Or do they have servants? They have servants. They have servants. Like to bring them ice cream? How cool would that be? Yummy. I like ice cream, right? So teach, Jesus is going to teach us, we're going to talk about Jesus teaching us, that the very best leaders are not ones that just tell everybody what to do and get their own way like servants with ice cream. Right, but leaders are the ones that serve other people. Right, they give their lives away. In fact, Jesus is called the King of Kings. Right, he's the powerful above all. And yet, the scripture we'll read today says this: For the Son of Man, Jesus came to not be served, but to serve. Right, and so it kind of turns like our image of of what it means to be a leader upside down. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right, and maybe kinda. Okay, so I think Pastor Amy had a, a coloring page back there with the king and queen. So color that for me. I want to see it before you leave, right? Because it would be awesome. And I'll color one too, maybe. We'll see. All right? All right, love you guys. Thanks for coming up. You might have to help me. All right. Oh. Good. Well, king and queen language is not something we're used to, but if you have a six-year-old or a two-year-old, you're a little bit used to it than uh, more than you know, right? 
Well, it's good to be with you, uh, church, as we come on this uh, Christ the King Sunday. I was thinking uh, about uh, this, uh, this topic this week and this idea and the passage that we'll read um, kept coming to mind over and over again. Um, and it was of when I was in elementary school. How many of you remember when you were in elementary school? Yeah, it was an exciting time in elementary school, uh, or maybe a hard time in elementary school. Um, but we had this uh, elementary school where we um, had kind of the group that, that I hung out with were kind of like the athletes that all we lived for was P.E., right? Have you ever been there? Right, and so um, this idea of being picked last was like a great fear, as many of us maybe can relate to. We don't want to be picked last for dodgeball or for football or for kickball or for anything for that matter. For some of you, it was like you don't want to be picked last to do math on the board, which you're weird, so just to let you know, right? But no, so we don't want to be kicked last. And so we had these two guys in our class, uh, Joey Devine and Kyle Wells, and they were like the athletes, right? In fact, they were like the best athletes. That They were so good that the teacher made a rule that they couldn't be on the same team, right? That was just not allowed. They couldn't be on the same team because they beat us and we'd cry, and it would just not be fun. Uh, but Kyle and Joey, uh, Joey became a major league pitcher, right? So he pitched for the Braves and the A's and a couple other teams, so he was like legit athlete the other one became like a party boy in college I don't know I don't know what to tell you right but we knew that they were the captains because they couldn't be on the same team and so with that knowledge we would exert ourselves so that we wouldn't be picked last right so I remember I'm giving energy and time and money so that I wouldn't be picked last at, at, at kickball during recess like seriously this was the thing hey Joey I'll give you a pack of gum if you pick me first Right? Like, this is real. Hey, 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 Kyle, like, you haven't picked me a long time. Like, I'll be your friend for the rest of the week if you pick me first, right? Just, I want to be on your team. I want to, I want to, I want to talk about what's about going to, it's going to happen. So I'm not shocked and picked last. Right? I'm going to do what it takes to be picked first. I'm going to, I'm going to go before all of my classmates. Those, they're losers. I'm going to be picked first, right? I, and I'm going to get on the team that I want to I want to get on. And so as the teachers thought this was a great idea, I think it was a bad idea. As Kyle and Joey were raking in the gum sticks uh, <laughs> during, during PE time, recess uh, time. But as we continue and, and as we read today in Mark chapter 10, if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to have this image in your mind um, as we as we start to read about the disciples' interaction um, with Jesus because it's pretty darn similar, right? Uh, there's some similarities here. Uh, this idea that we got to get ahead so that we can be first, or maybe we've got to get ahead so that we we're not last. And then Jesus uses it to be a teachable moment. So if you have your Bibles, Mark chapter ten, uh, starting in verse thirty-five this morning. A little bit of context before we get into this. Jesus and his disciples, as well as as many followers, are on their way to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is not just like a vacation trip. This time, it's not uh, something that 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 is going to be uh, in just a, a leisurely time. This is where Jesus goes uh, and will be put on trial, uh, and and then will be ultimately be put to death. And so uh, they're on their way to to this place. And right before verse thirty-five, which we'll read this morning, uh, Jesus brings the disciples together away from the others, and he lets them know for the third time of what's going to happen. 
right? He's trying to, to prepare them um, as they walk into the city and, and lets them know for the third time in this book what is about to happen and, and how he'll be taken away and condemned to death, how he'll be mocked and spit on and flogged and killed, and then three days later he'll rise again, and then we have this interaction, right? Jesus takes them, he tells them this again, and then we have this interaction that we're about to read. Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 35, it says this. It says, Then James and John, the son of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Well, what do you want me for what what do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, Let one of us sit on your right and the other sit on your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I, I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I baptize with. But to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. And Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercised authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. This is a classic attempt of two people to not be picked last on the playground, right? Like James and John could could cut it on my childhood playground, right? They knew what to do. They knew the captain of the team, and they were going to go in and get, get there before the other guys, right? They came together. Uh, they, they, they come to Jesus, and they want to get in on the ground floor of something huge. Teacher, they say, we want you to do for us whatever you ask. You ever had your kid ask you that or tell you that? Right? It's interesting, right? Like, oh, okay. And my, my response um, would be, like, who do you think you are, <laughs> Right? Like, that's how we would respond if someone asks us that or comes and says, hey, I want you to do whatever I'm about to ask you to do, right? And, and usually when someone says that, it's usually not a good thing, right? Like, I want you to clean the toilets or I want you to whatever. And so they come to Jesus. They ask him this question. We want you to do for us whatever we ask. And the grace-filled words of Jesus... This is tons of grace involved here. It's not who do you think you are. He, he responds, what do you want me to do for you? He asks. They replied, let one of us sit on your right and the other on your left in your glory. We know that you'll be the boss. And you'll know, we know that you're going to have the huge office that is front and center. But can we have the office on the right and the left that has the nice window view? Right? Can we have that, that space on the right or left of you? Can, can we have that? We know that we can't be you. We're, we're not going to be the king, that you've got the power and the authority. And, and when we march into Jerusalem, it's going to be big, and we want to be on your right, and we want to be on your left. 
that when we step into this new thing that you're about to do and, and, and you take over and the banquet feast is all laid out, we want to be there and we want people to know who we are because we're important. We want people to know who we are and how important we are. Can we be on your right and when can we be on your left? Jesus essentially says that, that you're not up to this, right? Even if I said yes, you, you couldn't handle it. You couldn't handle and know what you're asking for. Can you drink the same cup that I'm about to drink? The, 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 the suffering and, and the death, the cup himself that he would later ask to be removed, if possible. And they quickly and flippantly answer yes. Because we have good predictions about ourselves and what we can do, right? We, we, they answer yes, probably because they thought it was a cup that a king would have, right? Who doesn't want to drink out of the golden goblet, right? Choose wisely. Who doesn't want to, want to drink out of, out of that king's goblet? Would you take a picture of me while I drink it and post it to Instagram, right? So everybody will know that I drank out of the, the king's cup. Yeah, we'll take that. We'll take that cup. I, I, I imagine that that's what's in their head. Not a problem at all. Sure, we can do that. Jesus says to them, "You will drink the cup I drink," because he knows that there's some hard times ahead of them. You'll be baptized with the baptism baptism uh, that I'm baptized with. But to sit at my right and left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those whom they have been prepared. And while Jesus is talking to them. I imagine that, and it even it tells us that the others start to hear what's going on, right? The others start to, to notice what is happening. They take Jesus off to the side, they ask him these questions, and then they start to, to, to hear what James and John have done, right? Have you ever experienced that in life? Where you're at, you're at work and, and the co-worker slips off to the side and, and asks the boss for something special that you don't get and you know that feeling, right? Or, or, or someone cuts ahead of you in line at the Walmart for the new toy and you're pretty upset about it, right? Or whatever it is, they, they sneak off and, and then the, the disciples hear about this and they're not happy, they're, they're mad and they're not happy about what has just happened. Not about how insensitive they are to what, what Jesus told them. No, they're mad because they didn't want to be left out. They're mad because they didn't think to ask Jesus if they could be on the right and left first. And so this, this breaks out. This, this anger and, and this frustration, and I imagine it's pretty descriptive, unlike the scripture tells us, but we know people, and sometimes we can be a little chatty when we feel left out, when things don't go the way that we'd like them to. I, I imagine that, that there were some statements made that I, I've been here a long time, I've been here the same amount of time as you, and, and another one speaks up and says, no, Jesus picked me first on the boat. He met my eyes first. I've got seniority and blah, 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 blah. And the next thing you know, they're, they're all fighting and, and, and of who gets to sit next to Jesus when he becomes king. And I imagine that Jesus is listening to this all along and he, he stops them and says, whoa, 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 everybody sit down. It's one of those teachable moments. 
You have those with your kids. You have those with, with, with the people you walk in life with that, that, that you, you, you clearly see what's happening here and it's not the direction that we're going. So let's sit down and talk about this. Everybody grab your carpet squares and we're going to have some story time, right? We're going we're gonna to talk about the, the, what this means and, and let me spell you out for, for, spell it out for you. And this is one of those teachable moments. Verse 42, Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. And look, you, you know what people today do with the power and authority that they have. You know how they, you know how they act. You know what it looks like that, that when they have power, they're going to use it to get what they want. Have you seen that anytime in the past decade? Right? That, that when we have power, we're going to use that power and coerce people to get what we want. And, and that's just how it is. And I imagine the whole time that Jesus is talking about this, that their heads are nodding. Right? They've seen that. They know what that's like. They know what it's like to be harassed by the soldier as they walk down the street. We know, they know what it's like to, 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 to be put uh, down for someone with power and authority to rule it over them. They know that on a personal level. They exercise authority. They get what they want because they're on top. The people under them are doing the bidding. If you're the, you're the big dog on top, the people below you do what you want them to do. Now, now, Jesus is using this image, and he's about to contrast it to the kingdom of God. But, but the disciples get this, maybe as we get this, as we've seen that abuse and use of power, that, yep, that's, that's how it works. And, and maybe they're thinking in this situation, yeah, that's how it works, and that's why we're here asking you if we could sit on the right or the left. Like, we want some of that power. If we don't have some of that power, then others are going to have power over us, and we, we, we want some of that influence. We know that we can't be you. We know that we can't be the king and all, and that's not what we're looking for, but we can be really close to you so that we can have some power and influence so that when we step into the door, people know who we are. We want to be on your life, right and your left so that we can be somebody. We want to be great. We want to make our mamas proud. We want some power. We know how this works. You don't have to explain it. We want some power. Jesus continues to, to use this image and, and, and continues in this. You know how the rulers lord over the people. They exercise their power and authority over the people. In verse 43, I love this. Not so with you. Right? There's that contrast. You know what this looks like. You know how this feels. You've seen this acted out, but not so with you. You see how the Romans operate, how the kings operate, but not so with you. So you see how the boss takes advantage just to earn an extra buck or to squeeze extra energy, but not so with you. He continues, instead, there's an alternative way. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be a slave to all, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
You see how God, Jesus is, is shaping their a kingdom imagination, right? Like they know that something special is about to happen. They know that what Jesus has brought and what Jesus is talking about and the work that Jesus is doing is, is going to extend beyond themselves and they want a part of it. They just don't know what it looks like. Even though they've walked with Jesus, even though again and again Jesus has said the kingdom of God is like this, or the kingdom of God looks like this over and over and over again, he's now shaping their kingdom imagination. He's taking their whole framework of how they see power and how they see authority and how they see what it means to be a leader or to be successful or to be somebody, and he's flipping it on its head. Right? Like, it just doesn't make sense in the way that they see things and how they see their lives in that day, and maybe the same for us. If I'm, if I'm the boss and I'm on top, I'm the, I'm the big dog, now Jesus has flipped it upside down. It's completely different than anything they've ever seen. Yeah, I love these teachable moments because I need them, right? Just like you maybe need them. Where we're, we're, we're set down and it's, it's laid out for us. And, and it's pretty clear, but yet not pretty clear. Because our imaginations aren't shaped to, 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 to comprehend it all. But, but we're here and we, we've got this teachable moment. It's here. We, we kind of understand that if I, if I want to be somebody, if I, if I want to be great among those, I've got to be a servant. And, and whoever wants to be first must be a slave to all. I, I get that. I understand that. I comprehend that. I just don't know what that looks like. I just don't know what that means for my everyday, ordinary life, because it just doesn't seem to be right. I just, don't, I just don't see it. We know that sometimes teachable moments aren't always what we need, right? Like I can set Jack down and explain to them the, the, the 105 reasons why he shouldn't jump headfirst off the roof. Does not mean that he's not going to jump headfirst off of everything in which he sees, right? But, but there are times where we see that Jesus doesn't just sit down and talk with them, but Jesus actively shows them. Jesus, later on, is eating with the disciples. He's, he's coming down to the end of his life, and he's, he's having what we call the Last Supper with the disciples. We're told that the devil has already prompted Judas to betray him, and then we read this in John chapter 13, verse 3. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and he had come from God and was returning to God. Like, we have this confirmation, if we had any doubt that Jesus is who he is, that, that we're, we're settled down in this, that this is the God-man, right? This is the most powerful one at this dinner. Like, this is, this is Jesus, the Son of God. We're, we're all cleared up about that, right? Jesus knows that he knows it, right? It's, 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 there's this whole argument that maybe Jesus didn't know it, and we can talk all day about that, but we won't, because we just won't. But, but we're here, and that's all cleared up for us. Jesus knows that he is the most powerful person in the room and at the dinner, and that wouldn't be hard because he's sitting around with a, a bunch of fishermen, disciples. 
and, and he's the most powerful man in the world, and then he displays what it means to be a servant as he acts in this way, verse 4. So he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing. He wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Right? Like, how's that for shaping our imagination? Oh, the foot washing story again, Pastor. Right? The, 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 how many of you have ever washed somebody's feet? Our youth pastor, like, loved to do that. Right? We'd wash feet every mission trip, I think. My wife loved it so much she wanted to do it in our wedding. No, thank you. I love you, honey. Not in front of everybody. We have this image of Jesus washing the disciples' feet, and we know that. And then we have this confirmation for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for the many. And we always think of the cross, but Jesus puts some incredible fleshiness of what it means to do an everyday act, which that was done. You wash your stinky feet was an everyday act. What it means to to live that out in this weird and foreign, upside-down way. He does it himself. He takes off his cloak. He becomes the servant, the, 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 the least of these. And it is weird. And it is upside down. And it is not normal. But because we know the story, it's become normal that people wash feet and and not only people Jesus washes feet but think about this for me with me when was the last time you saw somebody with some power and authority show love and service to, to to others around them that were below them when's the last time you've seen that with your own eyes where somebody with position or with authority, this does something and, and, and to serve other people. Or not even to, to, to like directly serve other people, but does something that they're not supposed to do, right? Like, how many of you seen the boss man go out in the parking lot and pick up trash? Or, or how many of you seen some act of service or act of love? I don't see that every day. I don't see that on my TV when I watch the TV. I don't see that uh, in many different places. When I was thinking about this, and I've used this um, before. In fact, I think I used this this image like three or four years ago or two or three years ago. And I Googled it again, and there are even more instances of it. So it's fascinating. And my first thought is, uh, again, to, to Pope Francis. Now, before I talk about this, Know that I don't care what you think about the Catholic Church at all. I just don't. I don't care. And you don't care what I think either, right? The Pope has got some power and some authority. I've been to his house. It's pretty huge, right? <laughs> it's a pretty big deal. And there are servants, and there are people there that all they do is like, is like polish doorknobs for their whole life. That's what they do in service to the church. There are, are, are people that serve day in and day out, and, and this guy is at the top of the food chain, so to speak, of it all. And then Pope Francis comes around, and he starts to wash people's feet. Not like metaphorically, like, oh, I love you, you're, you're, I'm going to love the poor. But like literally, I think we'll get pictures if you Google it, 
their image after image after image of this guy washing feet. And, and, and over and over again, the feet of the poor, the feet of the sick, the feet of refugees and migrants, the feet of Muslims, the feet of prisoners, the feet of babies. You thought kissing babies was good. You washed their feet. It's even better, right? The, the feet of mafia snitches, the feet of AIDS patients, the elderly, the disabled, those with deformity. The dude has washed a lot of feet. A lot of feet. And it's shocking. And it's weird. And I'm sure that many, many, many people cringe at the thought of this man that, that has everything. Like, have you seen the Pope Mobile? It's pretty sweet. And here he is, washing the feet. It's so weird, and people think it's so strange that it could be like on the front page of a tabloid, right? Like, it it could be a thing with, like, headlines, like, world's fattest cat has world's fattest kittens, right? Like, real tabloid type stuff. There it is. (laughs) Get a free Batboy mask if you have that issue. It's weird. It's not normal. It's upside down. It's not what we think that a person of power should be doing. Yet it's exactly what Jesus models for us and calls us to do. Do you see this way of power? Like, Do you see the way in which the world does the power thing? Do you see the kings and the queens and the, and the rulers and the, and the top dogs and the bosses and the, and the whoever? Do you see the way that they do it? Not so with you. Instead, follow me. Instead, do what I do. Instead, there's a different way. We see that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And we know that in our head because some preacher brings up the foot washing every once in a while. And we're reminded of that. But it's insanely difficult to live out. It is hard to humble ourselves because, man, I'm just important. And you may be important too. This is, this is what we say. This is what I just say and declare to the world around me at times. I, Tommy Lobdell, have come to be served. So if you could do that now, that'd be great. I don't say it like that, but I act it out like that, right? We don't say it, but we, but we act it out. We don't say it, but maybe we, we act like it. Do you see the contrast here? You see how weird that was? You can imagine somebody saying it, but you know what they're saying. You know what they're doing. You know what that interaction was about. There are ways in times in my life where I don't say them, but I, but I act them. And I ask you the question, am I worth giving your life to? Like, am I that, that important and that big of a deal? Let me answer that for you. No. <laughs> no. I've got to look in the mirror, and we've got to look in the mirror of Scripture and see myself for who, who I really am in perspective of God, who, who God really is. And, and every time I do that, I have to deal with my pride. I have to deal with my, with my ego. I've got to deal with who I, who I think I am and, and what I think I deserve because it's just not reality. 
If I'm going to live this life as a disciple, if we're going to live this life as a disciple, we've got to turn our focus away from the desire to climb the ladder so that we'll have power and turn towards the way of Jesus. I've got to turn my my focus away from being picked first at the dodgeball and turn my focus towards the way of Jesus. Who can I serve? I'm, I'm called to be a servant. I follow, follow the way of Jesus. He is, is, my, is, my, is my example. He is the one that models this life for me. So who am I called to serve? Who has God called me and equipped me to serve? As the band comes this morning and helps us as we uh, participate in communion here in a second, we recognize that this is the final Sunday of this Christian calendar thing. And we come to this Sunday where Christ is declared as king after another cycle of, uh, of participation in the story of God. And it closes on this, that Christ is the king over all, the ruler of heaven and earth. And if I'm going to live my life and know that that's true, if we're going to declare that that's true with our lips and with our lives, then I don't have to, to, to fear or deny or disengage for, from, from my coworkers that are around me. I don't have to fear or deny or disengage from the world or the city or the place that God has placed me. If Jesus is Lord of all, then I don't have to disengage from that. If Jesus is Lord of all and I'm going to believe that this is true and I'm going to live like it, then his reign extends to all things and fear is cast out. That his, his reign extends over all things and he's modeled the way for us to be a servant and calls us and empowers us to do the same. Who am I called to serve? That we might serve as Jesus has served, that we might give our lives away as Jesus has given his. Well, as we come to the table, as we're invited to the table this morning, we recognize and we are grateful for Jesus, the servant, the one who gives his life as a ransom for many. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, our, our, our communion verses, the Eucharist, it says, For I received from the Lord that I also pass unto you the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, that last supper where he washes the feet, he took bread, and, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, and whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, the one who has given his life for us. So we invite you now to come and participate in the table to receive the grace of God. That we are saying yes when we, when we get up and we move our bodies and, and we uh, continue to walk forward to receive the body of Christ broken for us. We dip it in the, in, the, in the cup, remembering the blood of Christ 
shed for us, a ransom that was paid for us all, a servant king, the God-man who came to serve and not be served. As uh, the taste of the bread and the juice is still on our lips, we thank you for what it means um, that you're a God who paid the ransom for us, that your body was broken and your blood was shed for us, all of us, that you came not uh, to be uh, served and pampered and uh, like all the others with power, but you came to be a servant. Lord, we thank you for this uh, model and we thank you for this love and the amount of grace that you continue to pour out is incredible. Lord, may you continue to call us and lead us down this path to, um, uh, to recognize our pride and to recognize um, the ways in which we uh, desires, desire others to serve us. And may you call us uh, and empower us to serve others just as you have done. Lord, shape us, teach us, and we will follow. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Please stand for the benediction as we go this morning. Beloved, God's children, may you go from this place knowing that you are loved, knowing that God will empower you to do just as he has done. May you go in service. May you go in action. May you go in peace. You are dismissed.